0: This is Horsepower Happenings. Tear up the body panel fine. You know, even Ben knows
1: You could have destroyed the whole race car If not worse I don't have any problem racing each other And trading paint and moving people I mean, that's it's a short track bull riding. This right. is not Daytona From the MCRP studios in the Motor City But I do know also one thing By the time I'm his age,
2: I'll have more than 100 wins And I promise you that
1: With Zach Heiser
0: Fager leads him down on the bottom side of the racetrack Moyer trying to make something happen on the top shelf Big run, he'll cross over now down the back Straight away into turn number three Moyer puts the binders on Fager nearly on the bike And Rich Frank
1: any progress, Zach, that they made on the last stop, they ruined on this one. So now they're really trying to get this thing off the ground. From the Motor City Racing Promotion Studios. Hey guys, this is Ford This is
3: three-time Dirt Car UMP National Champion, Rusty Schlink. This is Bobby Santos. This is Travis Stemler. This is Travis Brady. This is Andrew Scheich. David Melkey, Josh Fry. Ryan Rule.
4: And this is Horsepower Happenings.
0: Welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Happy Monday. Uh, let me see here. Not many of those left in September. Just one more still to go as specials are still flying off the shelf. It's a great time to be at a racetrack and be a race fan. And we've got a lot of stuff to break down. Let's get into it. Before we dive in too deep, let's take a look at some things that are happening in a motor city minute. Saturday night, Kevin Harvick held off Kyle Busch, and well, that means that Busch still hasn't won a race in 2020. As for Kevin Harvick, though, he is on a roll, and it may just be his Cup Series championship to lose nine wins this season. That is a career best for Harvick. Look for him to uh, continue to make a push through the playoffs. How about Ross Chastain? It was announced today that he'll be headed to Chip Ganassi Racing. Uh, You'll remember earlier in 2020, Chastain was one driver running in all three of NASCAR's premier sanctions in the Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, and in the Cup Series. And well, his performance paid off. He'll be headed to the number 42 in 2021. Tim McCready back $30,000 after a late race restart, winning the I-80 Nationals Saturday in Nebraska. And finally, Will Krupp held on through several cautions and heavy-lapped traffic to get the win over Tyler Nicely and Summer Nationals champion Nick Hoffman down in Kentucky. Congratulations to friend of the program, Will Krupp. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from the Social Distance uh, studio. And uh, Rich, what a weekend of racing that we had here in the uh, Great Lakes region.
1: I had a lot of fun, Zach. But you know what I feel like? I feel like an eight-year-old kid waiting for his first bite of his birthday cake. He gets it, loves it, eats it all, and then wants the second slice. And there, aren't, there isn't any more left. Yeah, I That's know. Cool. Just a like weekend.
0: Just as soon as you got going, right,
1: Rich. You, you're shut down. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we had a great time uh, at the Toledo Speedway for the Glass City 200 on Saturday. Carson Hosovar, Steve Needles and Katie Hettinger found themselves in victory lane on Saturday at the 32nd running of the Central Transport Glass City 200. Hosevar paced himself early in the 100 lap event for the ARCA CRA Super Series. Uh, when it was time to go, it was clear that uh, Josavar was not going to be denied. Hosevar worked his way around Hunter Jack at lap 40, set sail and picked up his third win in as, in as many weeks with his brand new number 14 machine. Uh, with the others coming at Lebanon I-44 Speedway and at the Berlin Raceway in the Money in the Bank 150. Uh, Only one caution flag slowed the event, Zach. Sammy Smith, Caden Lapsovich, Jack, and Cody Coughlin would round out the top five. And Zach, after several solid performances over the years and most ending with mechanical woes, Steve Needles finally picked up the win that has eluded him in the 100-lap feature event for the Outlaw Super Late Models. The Outlaws put on a show for the ages with several drivers exchanging a lead throughout the event, but it was a lap 72 restart between Brian Bergacre and Needles that would be the deciding moment. Needles would restart on the outside of race leader Bergacre and sailed his number 14 machine on the high side through turns one and two. Coming off turn two, Needles would grab the race lead and eventually pull away. Even a late race caution could not stop Needles from picking up The long-awaited crown jewel victory, Frank Giovanni, Lapsovich, Dennis Strickland, and Scott Hance would complete the top five. And Zach, coming up later in the show, will talk to Steve about his incredible evening. And in the Victory Custom Trailer CRA Junior Late Model Feature Event, it was all Katie Hettinger leading from start to finish in the 25-lap feature event. The win would be Hettinger's second win of 2020. The Dryden Michigan driver would also take over the championship point lead with one event remaining over Cody King after King had problems early in the event. Uh, The championship will be decided this coming weekend uh, in the finale at Anderson. Toledo Speedway now moves on to their final event of 2020 on Sunday, October 4th. The Hemelgarn Racing Super Fitness Raleigh Beale Classic 100 for the USAC Silver Crown Series will be on tap. The event will decide The 2020 USAC Silver Crown Series Champion, the ARCA late model Sportsman, street stock, factory stock, and figure eight divisions will also all be in action. Tickets are available only at ToledoSpeedway.com. And once again, only 1,500 tickets are available for that event per the restrictions in place. Gates will open at 1130 a.m. for the afternoon event with the first green flag flying at 2 p.m.
0: Well, Rich, uh, I made it down to a pavement racetrack over the weekend as well. Checked another one off the list of racetracks I'd never been to. Made it to Lucas Oil Raceway, where they were having their fall brawl with Champion Racing Association, as well as a host of other divisions. Auburn, Indiana's Tanner Jack started the day off by powering by leader Jake Hinton on the inside, coming out of turn four on lap thirty five to go on and get his first-ever Vors Welding CRA Late Model Sportsman powered by JEGS' win of the season in the Fall Brawl 40 at Lucas Oil Raceway. The win was Jack's first-ever CRA win, joining his brother Hunter as a Champion Racing Association winner. The second race of the day belonged to the JEGS CRA All-Stars Tour for their 100-lap main event. After setting quick time for the day, West Virginia's Travis Braden wasted no time getting to the front after the invert, Braden took over the lead on lap two from Josh Brock and never looked back, dominating the final 98 laps. And I had a chance to catch up with Braden after the race. 98 laps of the Travis Braden show, pretty much here at Lucas Oil, um, and untouchable. Also, man, what a run here! Talk to me about those hundred laps and, and how you were so dominant.
5: Well, you know, man, I don't, you know, I don't always know what. Uh, to say when you ask questions like that but we just had a really good car we unloaded well you know of course the couple guys that ran second and third to us didn't even have a whole lot of track time so that played our advantage of course and um but honestly like that's this type of performance is really what these cars have been capable of for the past couple of years especially this year we just we've had some bad luck we've had things that i've made mistakes we've had people that's gotten you know in our way essentially. There's different things that have prevented us from winning. We really haven't gotten a race a lot yet this year. I don't know if this is probably not even our tenth tenth show of the season. So, um, just kinda of picking up steam, I really think that you know we should be able to, to win every race we run the rest of the year, including the snowball derby. So Um, Great time to pick up that momentum and You know, I don't know what the answer is other than this is kind of what I've been saying all year that we're capable of And it just hasn't come together until today.
0: You made a joke in victory lane You said man, I got to have the record for the most second place finishes Um, It's got to feel so good to finally get to victory lane knowing you've had cars that are so competitive
5: Yeah, I mean the second place thing the, the ratio for the guys as many poles as we get to actual wins is like completely lopsided which you would think would be totally different in this deal but this is how it goes but I mean, we had a ton of second place finishes we never really I can't think of the last time we came to a track and we're in a third place car or better and that's really all you can ask for and, you know the law of averages plays into your favor you're gonna win eventually like that and and uh, it's just been one of those things where for a while there we just finished in second all the time and, and it, it was not averaging that way and now did today so uh yeah it feels it feels really good i'm just proud of these guys they put together really good cars you know we just keep it simple we don't you know try anything crazy we and just hit all our marks don't don't let things fall off the car don't make mistakes and uh we, that's our philosophy for success and it seems to pay off usually
0: does anything change now i know you and andrew talked that I- when you guys were in lebanon no i'm just going to try and win the rest of the races uh you win now and and now you're locked into that big big show those final four uh does anything change about the way you race or do you still just go out and try to win
5: yeah i mean yeah of course you go to win i mean the next two races with bristol and winchester you know I, we're, we're damn near undefeated at winchester in my entire career for 10 years other than when we've had issues or gotten wrecked or damage of some sort um in the prolate models. models are just so good there and so we go there every year that one circled for sure that's our goal nothing less to win there and and bristol being so similar i mean it's just our type of deal, you know, that's where we really, really excel as tracks like that. So, um, yes, that would be the philosophy anyway, but because <laughs> of the two tracks that we'd be going to, it's 100% the philosophy, and, and uh, we're, I just, I don't, I, I don't know why we would be any, we would expect any less of ourselves, because I think our performances have been that strong. Well, Travis, congratulations, nice run today. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
0: One of Michigan's young talents in the Jags Tour right now is Chase Berta, and Chase had a nice showing. The Lapeer native made some time after his race to catch up with me, here's what he had to say following his 100 laps. Chase Berta here at Lucas Oil Raceway, solid top five finish, man. Nice
3: job here today. Take me through your 100 lap race. Yeah, it was a good run for us. Um, we started, I think, fifth place. We uh, the, just let it settle out, and um, we just basically stayed fifth and tried everything we had. Uh, Our car was pushing a little bit, but it was still a solid day.
0: Looks like you had fun out there running with former fellow CRA junior late model competitor, uh, Charlie Keevan. Talk talk to me about being with him all race.
3: Uh, It was good. I tried everything I had, just uh, couldn't get there. Uh, Tried to get a lap car there, but... I just couldn't get there. (laughs) You're still in the chase after today,
0: and uh, you're leading the Rookie of the Year standings right now for the JEGS Tour. What's more important for you right now? Are you more concerned about staying in the chase, or are you more worried about getting that Rookie of the Year title?
2: Uh, I can go both
3: ways. Um, Definitely right now we want to get in that Winchester in the top four, but um, I feel pretty good for the Rookie of the Year, and uh, our goal right now is probably just to get to
0: Winchester. Well, Chase Berta, congratulations. Nice run today. Thank you. Well, Rich, next up for the Jag CRA All Stars Tour is one of the biggest short track races in the country. They're all big now as we get down into the fall, but it's the Pinty's U.S. Short Track Nationals from Bristol for the uh, Arca CRA Super Series Jag CRA All Stars Tour, as well as uh, the uh, CRE street stock series is going to be down there as well. Uh, many other, you know, co-sanctions are going to be down there. Vores compact is going to be there as well. Uh, so rich, we're moving toward the uh, playoffs and chases sounding very confident heading into the
1: final races. And Zach, it sounds like we had a lot of pavement work going on this weekend and, uh, uh the Arkham Menard series was no exception. Uh, Ty Gibbs was nearly as perfect Saturday as he's been all season. And that's saying something. The 17-year-old Charlotte, North Carolina driver uh, made his debut at Winchester Speedway and was unfazed by the world's fastest half-mile. He put his number 18 machine atop the practice charts, won the General Tire Pole Award, and then drove away from the field on the high-speed, high-banked half-mile. It was Gibbs' fifth Arkham Menard series win of the season, plus an Arkham Menards East victory uh, in in 16 starts over the two series. Michael Self would finish second, one spot ahead of championship rival Brett Holmes. Self was able to nose in front of Gibbs on a lap 79 restart to lead one lap and gain the valuable bonus point that he needed. Self uh, leads Holmes by three points with three races remaining in the season. Jesse Love finished fourth in his series debut. Uh, The 15-year-old is the Arkham Menard Series West points leader with three races remaining in that series. Uh, fellow 15 year old Taylor Gray rounded out the top five. The Arkham Menard Series Act heads to Tennessee's Memphis International Speedway this Saturday, September 26th for the Sioux Chief PowerPex 200. The race will serve as the finale for the Sioux Chief Showdown. Gibbs trails Sam Mayer by six points for that championship.
0: Well, the Great Lakes Super Sprints went to work on Saturday night from Hartford Speedway. I did get my dirt fix over the weekend, so don't worry. Uh, they had another race even after the 2020 points battle was over and the championship in the bag. The night was all about going for the glory and the $3,000 payday that came with winning the race. Chase Ridenauer and Trevor Barry led the field to the green flag. Quickly, Ridenour jumped out to the early lead, but... Another former series champion quickly challenged, Dustin Daggett, took the lead from Ridenour off turn two in lap traffic and looked to be well on his way to his second win of the season. However, trouble near the halfway point led to an accident with Daggett and a lapped car that handed things back to Ridenauer for the restart. Things didn't go easy for Chase though as he had a challenger the remainder of the race, Ryan Rule. The Coldwater Michigan native has multiple wins at Hartford Speedway and was looking for another Rule had the lead with two laps to go, but Ridenour drove back by down the backstretch and held on for the win. We caught up with Chase following his triumph. Chase Ridenour goes back to Victory Lane with a Great Lakes Super Sprint and really, probably in your mind, this should have been three on the season. Uh, we talked about it in Victory Lane, lap traffic took you out of the race at Merritt, you had to work through lap traffic and race Ryan Rule here tonight at Hartford. Take me through everything that you were working through behind the wheel of the 16W because you lost the lead within five laps to go, and then you had to go back and get it.
3: Well, you know, it's uh, it's a tough game to play here when you're, I mean, there's so many guys out here that can win. You have to hit it perfect. You know, and that track changed a lot from the heat races to the feature, and we really didn't think it would change that much. So we didn't uh, we didn't tighten up the car, and we probably could have a little bit. know that's just nitpicky stuff but um, about halfway through there the car started um, i don't know if the tires got a little hot and sealed over or um you know just the track fading away but you know you're out there as fat the car is on absolute edge and then when you're dealing with that cars that are going you know 30 40 mile an hour slower you know it 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 adds a little trickiness to it thank you um But you know, that's the name of the game and I think that's where a lot of races are won and lost. And I don't think really any of the lap cars tonight really decided the race, so to say. Maybe Dustin, I felt like I had more after he got around us though and we were coming back a little bit. So I don't think a really lap car has affected it too much tonight. I usually like dealing with lap traffic. It just makes a driver, it makes a driver win, you know, instead of cars so much. But um, when Ryan took the lead, i really didn't have much more in the you know (laughs) any other tricks to pull out and it was just run it wide open as hard as it'll go on the top and we were fortunate enough to come back out with it you mentioned dustin daggett and he had a lead on
0: you but he wasn't pulling you necessarily do you think that you had a car enough that you could have drove back around him
3: i think in lab traffic for sure um i've really noticed that have a lot of success going through lap traffic whether it's a setup with the car um i personally like a tighter car so when you get into some bad air the car still works like it not as good as it would in open air but it still works you know so i actually to be honest with you i like seeing lap traffic as long as they hold a line um and most of the cars did a good job tonight this track's wide enough you know even if they do slide up there's a little wiggle room i mean slide up into my line but there's so many more groups there's so many grooves to run that it's fine it's not a big deal but um you know that's the difference between running a big wide track like this and a where we lost the race out Mar- there right. i mean you could barely go four wide salute out there let alone race two or three wide yeah, so you know but these these big tracks are nice um and a track like this tonight thank you a track like this tonight i think uh, a lot of driver in setup, I mean, setup's a huge role, but as you know, the track has had rough spots, it had multiple lines, and I think that was uh, I think I just found something a little extra there in the end and was able to come back and get, get up front again for the last couple of laps. So. Second win of the season, Chase.
0: Congratulations, we'll look for you at I 96 on Saturday. Thank you, Zach, appreciate it.
3: As for Ryan Rule, well,
0: he was happy with this finish, but he obviously wanted some more. He talked about maybe what went wrong in that race at Hartford. Runner up here tonight at Hartford Speedway and probably a car capable of winning. I would say from the tower, that's the way it looked. You took the lead momentarily there from Chase Ridenour. He was able to get back by you uh, at the white flag. Take me through your race and uh, whether or not you think you had a car strong enough to win.
4: Yeah, I, I think we did. Uh, it. Uh, I wasn't sure what to expect because you know, the track hasn't raced all year. and. So it's been a little while since we've been here and yeah we uh we didn't want to get too crazy with the setup but yeah once things got rolling i felt like we had a car capable of winning chase uh yeah was he was smart at the end of the race and uh yeah he was good enough to hold on and win it what do you think the difference
0: was there because you guys were dead even at the line uh, and then it looked like something happened down in one and two i don't know if lap traffic got in your way or, or what happened down there what was the difference
4: yeah i couldn't really make up ground on the top, so the last five laps or so I was sort of committed to the bottom and there was just such a thin lane of moisture it was really hard to consistently hit your marks and yeah when I noticed lap cars were coming up and I was trying to make a plan on what I was going to do with chase uh, I would miss my mark and slide through the rest of the corner and lose a ton of ground so yeah I think of it was a driver error. Well, well Ryan, roll a, a second place finish, um, it, this is one of
0: those finishes where I'm not sure, are you happy with your finish or are you a little disappointed that you didn't come up that
4: one more spot? I, I'm happy to finish second, I uh, would definitely be a little happier if we would have won it but yeah, you, you can't win them all.
0: Well Ryan, congratulations, nice job. And Thanks, Rich, man. perhaps one of the most entertaining performances of the night was that of Jared Horseman, had problems in his heat race, started dead last, 22nd, and he came from that 22nd position to finish third. I caught up with him as he was leaving for the night. Here's what he had to say. 2020 great Lakes super sprint series champion jared horseman and you showed why it's a night in my opinion um started 22nd is where you were scheduled to line up bring it home in third 19 positions if my math is correct yeah. talk to me about that race man your car looked really good maybe good enough to win yeah. had you had more time
2: yeah uh you know car we go out for the heat race and, and uh, uh battle there with uh ryan rule and he wins and and we had some uh fuel line issues um put the thing back together fix it and and, and go back out uh, not knowing exactly what to do with the race car uh, we only got a good couple laps in but uh, threw some things at it and uh, was patient I mean worked through lap through traffic and uh, got around the guys when we needed to um, of course got to the top six eight cars and they got a lot faster <laughs> so and, and harder to pass but uh, I, I'm right there with you I think if we had a caution we'd uh, we have throw our hat through our hat in the mix but um, uh, you know, it's hard telling, but uh, the car rolls in the trailer in one piece, um, and uh, we live to race another day. It's the same question I asked Ryan
0: Rule. Third place, probably would have liked to have been two spots higher, but man, the race you had, you got to be happy with knowing what you have in the trailer there, knowing the yeah. piece you got.
2: You, you know, um, you're talking about the, the championship and, and so on. Um, it's it's being around at the end, and uh, you know, I'm I'm ecstatic with uh, the way the, the the way the day started off. It, it didn't look too promising. Um, you know, but, uh, I think if we'd have started, uh, you know, up in the top six, eight cars, we'd have had a shot, but, uh, very pleased with the, the turnout we had. Jared, congratulations on Appreciate a third it. place finish. We'll look for you. you around the track. Thank you. Well, the
0: Great Lake super sprints are scheduled for another one-off event coming up this Saturday. There'll be an action at I-96 Speedway.
1: And Zach, Tyler Roerig is one of the most accomplished drivers in our region, uh, whether it being an outlaw super late model or a non-wing sprint car. But the Plymouth, Indiana driver was trying to do something he had never done before this past Saturday to win a race in a template bodied super late model. And uh, as we can usually say with Tyler, check that one off the list. Uh, Rorick took the lead from Will Olmsted on lap 10 and held off late challenges from Brian Campbell and Tom Thomas to pick up his first template super late model win of his storied career and pocket a cool 55000 dollars payday at the Berlin Raceway. And Zach, another driver of note, uh, Brian Campbell, who admitted uh, that they were struggling with that 47 machine throughout 2020, picked up his first fast qualifier award in over a year, the 38th of his career, and brought home a nice runner-up finish. So uh, it's not a win, but it had to feel good with the struggles they've had this season. So congratulations to Brian as well.
0: Well, some exciting news today, Rich. I think any time that a racetrack can announce that they're going to do something new, they're feeling confident about themselves. And Winston Speedway officials did just that, announcing this afternoon their investment in a pro late model division. According to a post on their Facebook page, three engine options will be available, including a 602 and 604 crate engine, as well as a spec engine. Teams will run on American uh, American Racer tires, and a claim rule will be enforced. The post made clear that officials will not be cutting super late models from the program. However, pro stocks could be on the chopping block if numbers don't improve the rest of the season. Winston Speedway has three shows remaining, including this weekend, September 26th, and a recently announced two-day show on October 2nd and 3rd. On Friday night at M40 Speedway, uh, it was the uh, another edition of Galesburg Goes M40, which, uh, Rich, uh, before we get into the story we haven't had a chance really to break that down how successful that has been for all of the staff and promoters of galesburg to pick up their operation move it to m40 and hold racing for the rest of the season
1: well that it's pretty it's a pretty big deal zach because uh in kalamazoo county there were no options as as you see uh you know they they got some races in early uh kalamazoo speedway never did get a race in this Mm -hmm. year and, and I, don't think, I don't think that Galesburg was going to get another race in this year either unless they came up with this deal. And I think it worked out pretty good. For, for Eddie Santoria and that group. Well, 12 sprint cars of the
0: AutoValue Bumper-to-Bumper Super Sprints made the trip to M40 for the first time in 2020. Only time with the wings on. And after 30 laps, Jimmy McCune came out on top. And it was by over 1.1 seconds that he got the win over Aaron Pierce, Jason Blonde. Tyler Roerig, who was doing some really a lot of racing this weekend, Rich. Uh, you mentioned his template car stuff. He also got behind the wheel of a Sherman Modified down at New Paris and drove the number 99 uh, wing sprint car on Friday night as well. And then uh, Joseph Lagori uh, rounded out the top five. So uh, really a great show down there at M40. And we're going to talk with Jimmy McCune coming up. But first, I want to let you know that you need to check out hubcolifts.com. And Hubco on Facebook. Why? Because Luke Hubble is a racer. He knows what it takes to be successful. He knows what it takes to try and get as much as you can out of that dollar bill. And that's why you can get Hubco lifts for just $975, less than $1,000. And you have yourself one of those beautiful lifts. Uh, You can personalize it with certain colors and, and options that are available. And that's not the only thing that Hubco Lifts does. They've got the Hubco Scale Pad Stands. You know that you need those. Get the car up off the ground so you can make those adjustments. Get those scales elevated off the concrete floor. They can do that for you. And we all know how much it is really just a pain in the butt to try to work on a car when it's so dark at the races. Hubco Track Lights are available as well, as well as many other products available. Log on to HubcoLifts.com for more information or... You can just get a hold of Luke yourself and give him a call at 269. Are you writing this down? You need to write this down. 269-838-0029. That's Luke Hubble and Hubco. And with that, Rich, it's time to get into our first uh, interview on the night. And, uh, you know, we talked about the one and only show that happened for uh, winged sprint car racing in the state of Michigan. And it's our pleasure to bring on now the guy who got it, who got the job done on
1: Friday. Well, when it's a one and only show, it's a big win, right, Zach? He picked up the win on Saturday at M40. Uh, great to have him back on the program. Makes his home in Toledo, Ohio. Jimmy McEwen, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. First of all, congrats uh, on the win this weekend. And, man, after a 2020, like we're going through, we think we're going the wins just seem like it's a little bigger, doesn't it?
6: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, that was, I think, our fifth race of the year, so... <laughs> And probably the last one. So, yeah, it was definitely a, definitely a big one for us to get.
0: Well, Jimmy, take me through the day. Uh, you know, this is M40 has been kind of quiet for several years. Uh, and then, you know, with wing sprint car racing being quiet for much of this year, what what did you have to do to get ready for this event? Uh, how, how did you make sure you guys were on point?
6: Uh, I mean, well, we just got we just came off of a race uh, in uh, Jennertown the week before or two weeks before, whatever it was. So, I mean, we were pretty much ready to go. Um, we, you know, we had lost the motor and, you know, we uh, got the car back together that night and, uh, and run second. So, um, you know, the biggest changeover that we had was just, you know, swapping over back to the Hoosiers because I haven't run on the Hoosiers in uh, quite a couple of years. Actually, it's, I mean, other than a select race here and there from Toledo over the last couple of years, but we haven't even been there that long. So I think my last, you know, pretty competitive race on a Hoosier would have been about four or five years ago at this point. So that was the biggest change and the biggest challenge, um, you know, but after, after the first high lap session, um, we made a couple adjustments. And then after qualifying, I, <clears throat> we were terrible. And, uh, I come in after the, I tried to knock the fence down on the second lap and, uh, which is pretty uncharacteristic for our car. And we made some changes after that. And, uh, you know, we were second quick, um, but, uh, the changes made the car come alive. So.
0: Yeah. You know, most of the time when we see your car, it's on American racers, for those who don't know. And, uh, Jimmy, talk to me about what, what is so different or or what are the challenges that are presented to you when you get on a tire that you're not used to? Uh,
6: I mean, for us really not much at all. I mean, back in 15 or 16, we were going back and forth, back and forth. Um, you know, we won, uh, Toledo on, uh, on Hoosiers and then we went to Mansfield and we're on American Racers and, you know, we were back and forth those couple of years and, uh, yeah, I didn't really seem to change anything. I mean, the ride had changed a little bit on the car. Um, and then this weekend, you know, just M40 being the style of racetrack it is, you know, it's challenging enough um, with that leg front straightaway. So, you know, just some just some minor adjustments and a couple of spring changes, and you know, I mean, we we're right back and, uh, into what we normally have with that race car.
1: Now, Jimmy, you, you guys, uh, you said you, you know you guys have only run a handful of times throughout the year. What's 2020 been like for you? Uh, I'm, I mean, we've talked to a lot of different drivers, and 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 every one of them has a different. Uh, a different feeling of how they've worked their way through this. How's it been for you?
6: Um quite busy. I mean, other than racing, we were busy with business. Um, you know, we didn't shut down at all. We were uh, automotive. So we just kept on rolling and uh, stayed open the whole time. Um, you know, did a little bit more stuff with the family, a little bit of camping when we were able to, you know, so, I mean, we were, we were still busy. So, I mean, it wasn't like uh, we weren't doing anything. And then for the last, I don't know, a month and a half or so, the kids have been running their quarter midgets. So we've been uh, extremely busy with that. And we did that over the weekend. So I raced on Friday night and then jumped in another truck and went down to Columbus for Saturday and Sunday. And we did a a night race on Saturday night. And uh, uh, my daughter's running uh, the rookie class right now. And she won her second in a row. And uh, my son ran senior on and ran second. And then uh, on Sunday, my daughter won her third in a row. And Jimmy ran on. Grand fifth and senior on this so we had a really good weekend
0: you know you're not the first driver that we've talked to and rich can attest to this that uh, they're now starting to make that transition from all about driving in their career to now they're kind of like crew chief and they're getting to play the dad role for for a couple of young drivers <laughs> how has that been for you what's that been like
6: it's interesting i mean you you just you're you're begging your kid to to drive the right line and and to pay attention and uh you know some of it just gets absolutely frustrating um, you know, we're still working on that with my son he's been doing it for four or five years. So, um, you know, the maturity age, you know, my daughter started late. She just decided about midway through the summer and she's 12 that she wanted to do it. So, which I was not against at all because I mean, that's how old I was when I transitioned from racing bicycles to, to quarter midgets. So, um, you know, it's, it's been a, uh, it's been interesting with her because she's older and more mature and. She will listen, and I can tell her things to do, and then she just gets extremely mad when she doesn't win and stuff like that. So it's pretty hilarious to see the amount of frustration she has, and I just know that it's in her genes that uh, she definitely wants to do this.
0: Well, you know, we were just talking about another young young lady who's uh, doing some things right now in the pavement world, and that's Katie Hettinger. Um, are you guys eyeballing that junior late model series at all yet?
6: No, I have no interest in that stuff whatsoever at all.
0: <laughs> okay, well, we, you know, I didn't I didn't know if I'm the open wheel – yeah, well, that's exactly right. I didn't know if fenders if were uh, were allowed in the house or not.
6: No, it's not even that. I mean, when you got a, a shop full of sprint cars, you know, it just doesn't, uh, they have absolutely no appeal to me. I mean, I've done a little bit of it my own self and modifieds and, you know, just, you know, it's the horsepower, man. I mean, you, you just can't, uh, it's just something you can't describe. If you've driven a sprint car, you know what it is, or you've driven a super modified, you know what it is. But and then you go drive something with uh, a full body on it, and it just, it, it's, I don't know, I hate to say boring, but it is.
0: <laughs> and and those are the <laughs> opinions exclusively of Jimmy McCune, and they do not represent Horsepower Happenings.
1: Here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, but I mean, it just is what it is.
0: No, we just got to give you a hard time for sure.
1: Now, Jimmy, I think yeah. last year I saw you, uh, I saw you maybe with Jimbo at the Rumble. Are you, last I heard, that's still on. You guys plan on going to do that this year?
6: Um, I'd like to, um, we had a good time last year. Um, so I guess we'll just see how the cards fall. Um, I haven't really paid attention to what the dates are. Um, but you know, I mean, everything's possible. I know my daughter wants to run some indoors and I know she'd probably really like that big track. So, uh, there's probably a good chance. we will see us down there again this year.
0: Well, uh, you know, as we get ready to wrap up here, we know that there's a non-wing show coming back to M40. Um, and, and I gotta be honest, I don't see you take the wings off very often. Uh, what do you have on your schedule the rest of the way?
6: uh right now i don't know if we've got anything um i know that they are running that race um, we've got non-wing cars so um i don't know i guess we'll just see uh how the next couple of weeks go and how business is and uh if we've got an opportunity to go do something while well, they actually did move we got about a month now um, i think they moved up to the 18th or back to the 18th so uh we'll just play by ear see what the weather's like and and go from there the week out
0: Well, Jimmy, we appreciate you taking time to uh, join us tonight. Congratulations. Nice job on the win, and uh, we look forward to seeing you at a racetrack again soon.
6: Awesome. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on.
0: Well, hey, if you're uh, going to those end-of-the-year specials, kind of like what's going on at M40 and other places, the long race season may have your body looking like it's headed to the junkyard shredder. Well, check out our friends at racefastener.com. Race Fastener.com. This is by Sherman Enterprises. They have rivets, body bolts, body tools, and so much more to make make that race car look good again. If you're going to replace sheet metal, you better have the ways to make sure that sheet metal stays on there. And you're going to need ways to make it look pretty for the remainder of the year as well. Cheap pricing and quantity discounts are available. $8 flat rate shipping or free shipping on orders over $100. And... Check this out. Use coupon code HPH. That's three letters, HPH. You'll get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. And if you're looking for more speed out of your dirt race car, contact Brennan Sherman at Sherman Enterprises for data-driven engineering and testing. They offer DRP pull-down rig testing, data acquisition track testing, complete chassis geometry analysis, and chassis updates. They're located right in Albion, Indiana. Don't get left in the dust. Call Brennan and start winning two six zero six three six six two two five that's two six zero six three six six two two five or you can email brennan at team all right rich uh time to move on to our second featured interview on the night and you got to watch this one unfold in person so introduce us to our next guest
1: yeah zach you have no idea how happy i am to introduce this gentleman for the reason he's on the show tonight uh he picked up a huge and popular win on Saturday uh, when he won the Outlaw Late Model 100 feature event at the Glass City 200. So happy for him and his race team on so many levels out of St. Joseph, Michigan. Steve Needles, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Yeah, thanks for having me. Man, you know, I, I was so happy to be the one to be able to talk to you in Victory Lane when this finally got done. Um, we've talked a lot with your wins over after your wins over the years, but, uh, this one was always missing, not anymore, my friend, yeah, I'll tell you what, man. We've been as you
7: know uh well enough, we've been missing this one for a long time, and uh been so close so many times, you know felt it had it in our grasp and and feel like let it slip away so to to finally be able to to finish the deal. I'll tell you what it was a pretty uh pretty emotional moment for for me and and my team, you know we were uh, we were pretty excited. It was, it was a good night for
1: sure. And, and another thing I noticed Saturday, uh, with this, this wind running so deep in your blood, you had your wife, Rachel and your son Sawyer down in victory lane with you. And, and, and I've never seen that side of you after any of your wins, but I think my big bad race car driver friend got choked up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was pretty emotional after that one because you know, we
7: we put so much effort and so much time into that race, um, over the years and, uh, to, to finally come out with that. And, and I know that the, the sacrifices that they deal with, you know, with, with me being gone working in shop, you know, as often as I do. And, um, you know, I luckily right now, my job is allowing me to work from home. So I get to spend more time with them than I normally would, but, uh, you know, over the years, they've just they've endured a lot. Obviously, my son's only two. In fact, tomorrow is his birthday, so oh, happy cool. birthday to him. Um, but uh, you know, he he hadn't been around very long, but man, does he love the race cars and and loves being around it. And man, it just is a great feeling to to be able to pull that off and have them there for it too.
0: Well, you you talk about the emotion, and you, and you talk about you can still hear it in your voice even today. And, and you know, I, I'm sure that I'm not alone in the people that when I looked on race monitor, cause I was at another event when I looked on race monitor and it said, Steve needles, 100 laps, complete, no laps to go. I had to go to any other device I could to verify that it had actually finally happened.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> are you serious? Are you
0: serious? What is the relief? Uh, is there a sense of relief for you, Steve, to have got the glass city finally?
7: Yeah. Yeah. A, a massive sense of relief. Um, I mean this is the one that that I've had circled for years ever since uh ever since the first one I ran back in I think 2012 um you know we've had this one circled and you know it took us 8 years to finally uh to finally make it happen but you know I god it was just a massive sense of relief and um even today like it's almost like did it really even happen mm-hmm. you know um you know, I sat down and I I downloaded the, I had an in-card tier and downloaded that and watched a little bit of it today. And, of course, the battery on that went dead with about 15 <laughs> to go. So I didn't even get to catch the end of it. But, uh, you know, it was, it was, it's still kind of surreal. Like, it, it just hasn't really sunk in 100% yet, I don't think. For those who don't know, because uh,
0: some, some may listen to this program, Steve, and go, eight years, come on. I mean, yeah, that's a long time, but it's not like you've been trying for this win for 25 years. I think the thing about it, Steve, is that it's not that you've been trying for a certain amount of time. It's that you've been so close or you've been so competitive yeah. over those eight years, maybe even had a car that should have won. For instance, I was at last year's event, and, and it looked like... Hey, Steve Needles is going to challenge for this thing, and you're out of the race. You know, like 25 laps in or something.
7: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, last year, last year we were leading with you know under 20 to go, and and popped a water pump gasket under under caution. Um, you know, leading uh, the first year we ran it, 2012, we blew a motor up on lap 197 to 200. You know, we had led 130 oh laps of the race um you know so that was a heartbreaker and and I think that's kind of where it all started was we were so close that first year that we ran it that it was like okay we're gonna get this thing and you know we just came back year after year after year and every year it was something you know one year uh we had a bleeder screw on a brake caliper come loose and and lost brakes you know 50 laps into the race um another year we had a driveshaft brake um you know, another year we had, we had some engine issues over the years. You know, it's just all kinds of, of crazy things that have happened uh, throughout the years that, you know, we've been in contention to win and, and just not been able to seal the deal. So um, it's just been, it's
1: been so tough and so heartbreaking over the years to, to
7: finally be able to put it all together has been been unbelievable.
1: Now, now, Steve, I didn't tell Zach about this because it wasn't as easy as we're making it sound, but Steve and I talked about this on Saturday night, early in the event, Steve goes into turn three and four, and I don't know what the heck happened with that race car, but the potential didn't look real good at what could have happened, uh, and oh, I, think, man. I think that was a huge moment for you, Steve, not to ball up that thing in the wall.
7: Yeah, I'll tell you what, man, it was, uh, that was a hairy moment for sure. I got into three, you know, and we were in some pretty heavy lap traffic at that point, and I don't know if I gotten some, some stuff or what, but man, the car just turned dead sideways on me instantly. And, you know, about three cars went by and luckily I was able to gather it up and, and, you know, we didn't hit anything, thank goodness. But, and it was still early enough in the race that, that it wasn't too awful detrimental, but, um, yeah, that was definitely a hairy moment for sure. And then even later on in the race when we were restarting in the outside and fourth, um, I spun the tires pretty hard coming to the green on a restart. And luckily, you know, Caden Lapsovich was right behind me. And and luckily he was on his toes and and didn't get in the back of us. So, you know, we dodged a couple of bullets, you know, during the race that that could have been, could have spelled disaster for sure. But we we got
1: lucky a couple of times. Thank goodness. My concern down there in three and four was I thought you locked the brakes up and flat spotted the tires. And then that wouldn't have been good as good at all as well.
7: Yeah, no, and we actually had a we did pick up a tire vibration with about twenty laps to go, and um, luckily it just turned out to be a wheel weight. You know, it'd come off after we had balanced some tires earlier in the day, so we uh, we got lucky there. But man, oh man, I'll tell you what, it was uh, it was definitely a, the last twenty laps, man. Counting down felt like it took forever. You know, we,
0: we we talk about it, and, and I think the racing industry as a whole kind of knows that when you start seeing halfway and then 10 to go and you're watching the scoreboard, um, you know, we all joke about it. You start hearing every little thing in that race car. How amplified was that for you uh, this time around on Saturday? I mean, how, how how much did you have to work to stay out of your own head to just get home on those final 20 laps or so?
7: Yeah, it, it, probably the hardest it's ever been. Um, I, I typically haven't really had problems with that over the years. Like I've never really had a problem with being able to block out all that outside noise and just focus on the task at hand. Um, you know, I've, I've always usually been pretty good at that. But, you know, at Toledo in the Glass City 200 and how many times we've broken late in the race, it was like, all right, when when's it going to happen? You know, when when is something going to let go? What's 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 it going to be this time just waiting for the shoe to drop right yeah yeah just waiting for it you know and uh you know i was watching the gauges and everything was just rock solid the whole race um you know you're just kind of waiting for that moment and luckily it never came thank god thank god but yeah we that was the toughest it's ever been for me to be able to block out all the external noise and then when bergacre ran out of gas with Five or six laps to go, or whatever, and, and couldn't get off the racetrack. My oh my, you want to talk about frustrated man. <laughs> my whole team, my whole team, we were all just beside ourselves when that happened. We thought, you've got to be kidding
1: me, but it uh, it all worked out in the end. And that's what I was going to say, you know, he, he he had built up a nice, nicely lead, Zach. Uh, it looked like he was going to bring this thing home. Bergacre's car just dies and he parks it on the front stretch. The caution comes out. And he, Steve, you had to have been, like you just said, out of your mind inside that race car, having to do a restart. Yeah. Like seven to go.
7: Yeah. I may have said a few not so PG things on the radio uh, when when that happened. Um, so I apologize to anybody who was, who was tuned into our radio frequency because it was a little colorful there for a minute or two. But uh, yeah, it was, um, that was frustrating. But you know, my spotter, Chris Moduleski, he, took a deep breath, and, and my dad, too, they both took a deep breath, and they just said, calm down, it'll be okay, everything's going to be okay, and, um, you know, we rode around a, a pretty silent for a couple of laps under caution there, and then it was like, alright, hit the reset button, and, you know, back to focusing on the tax, task at hand, and off we went, and we were able to pull it off, so.
0: Well, Steve, uh, Rich said this is a pretty popular win. Uh, what, what's left? I mean, obviously, when you circle this same event on your calendar for so many years, um, the the sense of relief has got to be so great that it, I wonder, is it like, we? I don't care what we do from now on, we finally won the Glass City 200, or do you move on to another event and say, okay, now we go after this one?
7: Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny you say that because I was thinking about that myself. I'm like, man you know, yeah, we put a ton of effort into this race over the years and now what? Um, but I think right now the focus is just on the next race, you know, mm-hmm. cause they're all, they're all big. They're all, they're all hard to win. And I don't really know what the next race is on the schedule <laughs> at this point, if we're going to do any more this year, or if we're going to move on to next season, uh, Lord willing that there is a season. Um, so um, I right now it's just focus on the next race and, and we'll, kind of play it by ear as we go but you know there's one other
1: i guess the
7: class, or let's say 200 or, or two of the main crown jewels and um you know the d main event back when that was still a thing with a crown jewel and we've we've won those three races and i'd say the only one left of the, the majors is the uh the summer sizzler at new paris and quite honestly i've never run rick like a darn at that thing so um I, I think we might have to put a little focus into trying to uh trying to put that one in our in our list of races that we've checked off too so you know we'll see We'll we'll get through this off season here and kind of refocus and regroup and we're all pretty motivated and pretty
1: driven to, to win. so
7: I don't think it's gonna to be too hard to get motivated for the next one
1: uh I have to ask you you know you, you you've been driving for for Brian Short for quite a while now and and Brandon made his first start at Toledo on Saturday yeah boy did he was he impressive all day long, yeah. right up to the feature, right until that engine just grenaded.
7: <laughs> yeah. 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 Brandon's doing a really good job. He, uh, he's so far ahead of where, where I was and so many of us were at, at that stage in our careers. Um, you know, and he's had some, some, some good help and some good, uh, some good people behind him, but I'll tell you what, you still got to get behind the wheel and you got to drive it and he's done an exceptional job. Um, you know, we're really impressed with him. We're excited about his future and, and you know, what he could possibly be. So, um, yeah, no, really impressed with him. He did a really good job at his first uh, first race at Toledo, period. Um, a big, fast racetrack like that. And, uh, yeah, he's – I mean, I I couldn't tell him enough how good of a job he did. So, going, going back, he'll only get better. And, and every time he got in the car and got on the racetrack, he got better. So,
1: yeah, we're, we're pretty excited about what he's doing. Now, did I hear that uh, Brian's going to go ahead and take him up to Owasso this weekend? And is I'm assuming that's not on your schedule?
7: Yeah, no, I uh, my well, with my son's birthday tomorrow, we've got we've had a birthday party planned for him for this weekend, so I won't be up there. But yeah, Brandon is going to go. Um, we'll have his stuff ready to go here uh, by the end of the week, and he's going to go up there and race with those guys. So he should do well up there. I think he'll. Really, I think he'll do where, well anywhere he goes, but he, he should do extremely well up there.
0: Well, Steve, uh, congratulations! Uh, you know this, as Rich said and I said, it's a very popular win, and uh, you know it was. I think we all were shocked, and then we went, "Well, good for him!" Uh, you know that he finally got it <laughs> done. So, congratulations! And uh, I want to give you an opportunity on the show. Who do you thank for you know putting eight years and countless blood, sweat, and tears into getting that car into victory lane?
7: Yeah, man, there are so many people. I mean, even people that aren't involved right now necessarily with our team. Um, you know, obviously, I drive for Brian's and the detail guys, and they uh, provide us with some amazing equipment. And, and Brian's been great to me. He's treated me, you know, like gold from day one. So, um, huge, huge, huge all uh, thank you to him and the opportunity that he's afforded me. And, and um, my team to to be able to do what we do. Um but going all the way back to you know Terry Gentry who gave me you know my first start at the Glass City back in 2012. Um you know when when I started driving for him in 2008 that opened up a lot of doors for me going forward. So, you know big thank you to to Terry. He's not with us anymore, but um you know if it weren't for him my career wouldn't be where it is right now. So, um, huge thank you to him uh all the guys i've driven for in the past you know bobby blunt and harley Bovey, and um you know my dad heck we ran our own car we never ran that to glass city but we ran that for a while too so um you know my my crew guys chris and matt moduleski they're there every single week uh chris crews and spots and you know matt's there crewing every week and he you know their other boy caleb came this week and helped us and um, all those guys, my dad spends countless hours in the shop every week, just, you know, going over little things. And, um, obviously my wife, you know, she's keeps the house in order, household in order while I'm off doing my thing. So, you know, without her, it wouldn't be possible either. So there's just so many people that, that have been involved over the years. Um, Eddie Lee Payne, who helped me get going when I very first started in, in late model racing. So, um, just more people to think than I can even count.
0: Well, Steve, congratulations again. Uh, thanks for making time to be on the show. And if uh, you do get out again this year, good luck. If not, hopefully 2021 is successful for you.
7: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, hats off to Jimmy McCune. Hats off to Chase or What a show that was on Friday at Hartford. Uh, Travis Braden, uh, Braden, dominating performance. Uh, Tanner Jack marking his name into the CRA win column. I love this time of year rich it's bittersweet because we know the end is near but wow some of these guys that are coming to life right
1: now um what a time to get to the races I think we both had a great weekend Zach i don't I mean a lot of big races going on um but you, you know a lot of pavement was this was a pavement weekend it really mm-hmm. was uh, and it was really a great weekend uh I kind of get a break coming up for a week and then we go right back at it
0: yeah we're gonna have to see what's going on Owasso Nationals coming up this weekend that's gonna be big no camping available up there on the property due to COVID restrictions however there are some area campgrounds that are open so uh Rich maybe you'll have to pack up the family bus and head to Owasso this weekend
1: yeah maybe three thousand dollar outlaw super late model win I think it's a 50 lap feature plus all the other divisions that they know modifieds and pro stocks and uh front wheel drives they got a whole fall nationals deal going on up there. I think it's two or three days long. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I, it's just nice because I know a couple weeks after that, Zach, I'm going to be busy. Like I talked about, uh, you know, we have the, uh, USAC silver crown championship coming up the Raleigh classic the week after that at Toledo speedway. And then probably somewhere where we're going to be together the, the next week, uh, down at Winchester. So, uh, Got a couple weekends after this weekend, some really big events.
0: Yeah, and then don't forget too, you've got the Boss Sprints coming up from Ohio to pair up with the. Um, Michigan or the uh, excuse me the Great Lakes traditional sprints uh, at I-96 that's a makeup for a rain out and then that's going to happen on Friday then on Saturday Great Lakes super sprints in action uh, at I-96 as well plus Winston Speedway will be running on Saturday they'll have late models in their full show up there at Winston so still plenty of options and if you want to make the drive Thursday you've got sprint cars at Plymouth. Friday and Saturday, you've got USAC Sprint Cars at Gas City. You have some options this weekend, so uh, as Rich knows that I like to say, you still have time if you feel comfortable, if you want to follow the, restru- the rules and restrictions, get your backside, trackside, check with your racetracks before you go. Make sure everything's kosher, and make sure that you're willing to uh, follow the rules that have been laid out so that we can continue racing right on through the end of the year. Hey, that's going to do it for tonight for Scott Menlin, owner of Horsepower Happenings. For my co-host, Rich France, I'm Zach Heiser. Have a great night. Get to the races this weekend, and we'll talk Monday right here, same time, same place, Horsepower Happenings.
1: You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings on the Motor City Racing Network. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to HorsepowerHappenings.com and be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.